0: Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Hey there, hi there, hello there. We are back again with another episode of Journey of Attachment, the last one for 2019. I cannot believe it. I don't know where this year went. I don't know how you guys feel, but I know I feel like, whoa, Nellie. I don't know where this went. So, we're at episode number 421. We'll probably hit episode number 500 next year. Wow, that is going to be a remarkable moment because I can't believe I actually committed to doing this almost five years ago. That's the crazy part because to me, before I started doing the podcast, I thought about it for two years because I thought, oh God, I'm going to have to do that every week. And that's such a commitment. That tells you about my commitment issues. <laughs> And now I feel like, oh, you know, I've been doing this so long and I love doing this part, right? The part I don't like doing are the outlines because I have to take the creative and put it into something that's linear so you guys aren't listening to me go on and on about shit and going, what is she talking about, right? So this one, the working title is Trying So Hard Because of Not Feeling You're Enough. Yeah, that's a fun, fun place to be trying so hard because you don't think you're enough is something we do but we may not be aware that is why we do what we do meaning that's how we live okay so often feeling like we're not enough is buried underneath what we do so we have to gain the awareness that we don't have of ourselves and that's hard to do to be aware of why you do what you do what your motivation is right so in other words, we may have had this pattern for so long and these feelings about ourselves for so long that we automatically default to I'm not enough or good enough or lack value in some way as our motivation is to keep trying so hard. Yeah, we don't, we don't realize it. We think this is just the way I am, but it's not. So is this people-pleasing? And on some level, yes. And on another level, it's really about what we find ourselves in that can feel super confusing and is why... We don't really know what we're doing. Like we don't have an awareness. We think it's because of something outside of us telling us that we need to do what we do. Okay. And so we're just used to this as a strategy, as a way of living. And then we fall back into these patterns when we don't know what we're doing because we can't see it. All right. And we don't even know what that means either most of the time. So we have no way of seeing ourselves clearly when we are on autopilot. None. It's really difficult until you can pay attention to a trigger you have or something going on where you go, whoa, wait a minute, let me bring that back to me. And so we give meaning to what we do, even if it's manipulation like people pleasing. And I'm not meaning this to sound abstract at all, but it's really these things we do against ourselves all the time by working our asses off. It's so much about the attachment we have to how we may want a situation to turn out. And sometimes the reason we feel this way is because we may feel that lack of value if it goes in a different direction. It's not necessarily that you have to be right. It's that you don't want things to look like you're wrong. You don't want things to look like you're going to be abandoned or you're going to lose what you're attached to. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a person you're attached to. It can be a situation. It could be a job. It could be anything. But we don't recognize that it's us and we think it's other people. And from there it becomes some kind of drama, whether it's a drama that's shared or it's drama in your head. So to stop it, first it comes back to being curious about yourself. Why am I being triggered to do what I'm doing? Why am I reacting in this way? The desire to have awareness of yourself and to see why you're doing things in a certain way and how they turn out is a statement about yourself. It really and truly is. When you have attachment issues, you can become attached not just to a person but a situation being as you need it to be. But on the other hand, you may avoid many types of situations which could emotionally trigger you because you're attached to not having the drama. So instead, you suffer by keeping it inside of yourself. That is just a shitty way to live. So what's an example? Let's say you're dating someone and you feel like you need to look or act a certain way or they're going to be disappointed. And if they're disappointed, then you fear they're going to be gone. It could give you a lot of anxiety. It can have you running in circles trying to feel good when you look in the mirror. Let's say you have a date with this person and perhaps you're having a bad hair day or something that makes you less than perfect. You're stressed out. You feel like rejection's going to happen. Like you really feel that sinking deep shitty feeling and your value is somehow wrapped up in your hair and you have completely discounted any other value you may have as a human being. I've done these things so I know. And so... You're trying to do all these things so your date likes you without any concern for what's at a deeper level. You're not meaning why your lack of value is driving your dating life. So the thing is, when this lack of meaning or lack of your value is driving your dating life, where do you expect to connect, right? If you're coming from a place of, I don't have value, if my hair is out of place or I have a zit or I have something like that, then... I am not allowing the deeper me to be seen, nor am I giving a shit about the deeper me to be seen, nor am I caring what the deeper me wants because I'm so concerned I'm going to be rejected that I've got to have the package looking great. And sometimes the package is a little bit deeper. You know, sometimes it's, hey, I have a weird hobby. I hope you like my weird hobby or something like that, right? So call to action. Trying too hard leaves you sad, frustrated, and avoiding the real issue. You. You. Let go and allow life to do what it does. You'll feel better. Okay, so here's a fun little one that I was not expecting, and this is a recent story about me. Why? Because I recognize on a certain level that the original family and is one big trigger, right? Your parents or siblings can be a huge trigger, but what also can be a huge trigger are your children, especially when you're looking back at how you raised them or how you felt like, I should say, how insecure you felt as a parent when you were raising them. Because my insecurities didn't just bleed into everyday things or just intimate relationships. It was with my kids, too. So here's this little story. It surprised me how I felt, by the way. And that was me realizing at the base of my actions was some kind of fear that my son would be disappointed. My son is not a child. He has been an adult for many years now. And I realized when this thing happened that it was so old and the fear stemmed from, again, his childhood years when I was a single parent and I just felt so much lack and just never feeling good about myself as a parent or even as a person back then, seriously. So anyways, my son had a birthday recently And my husband and I were coming back from being out of town. And on the drive home, a family member had sent a text asking me if we were doing anything for my son's birthday. I said I didn't know because I had asked my son a few days before, and he had said he didn't know either. And, you know, he's an adult, so it's not like I'm expecting him to do anything at this point. You know, he'll have dinner with you or lunch with you at some point, Mom, but not on my birthday is, you know, what I sometimes expect. I don't know. So I sent him a text asking him if he wanted to do something, Because his birthday was the next day. And he responded saying he was up to do something. And so, well, I thought, okay, we are just coming back from this super long fucking drive. (laughs) What was usually a four and a half hour drive was a seven and a half hour drive. And we were tired, exhausted, right? And plus we've been exhausted because we've just been running around doing so much lately. And um, anyways, just giving you the setup of the feelings that were in place. So I thought, well, he can just come over and we can barbecue or I can make dinner or something. And so I asked him if that was cool, and he said, yeah. And so this is a thing, though. All three of my kids live in the more exciting part of Los Angeles. I live in the boring-ass part of L.A., right? There was something that said the farther you get away, I think, from the west side of L.A., the more you're, like, in middle America. (laughs) Like, every mile east it's yeah you're pretty much you may as well be somewhere else um and it's kind of funny because it's just a slower pace of life where i live compared to the west side of la where all the action uh, happens right so i just don't like the traffic that's my thing i like it over there i just don't like the traffic oh no, no 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 me and traffic we do not get along so i reached out to my daughters after my son said yeah that's fine with him he didn't care what we did lunch dinner go out, stay in, whatever. So I reached out to my daughters to see if they wanted to come. My one daughter didn't respond because I knew she was out and busy, so I actually didn't expect her to. And that was fine. I didn't have expectations like I said at this point. And my other daughter did respond. I read her text, and to me it sounded like she had an attitude and she was pissed. And I read it to my husband who felt the same way because she had asked her brother a few days before because they wanted to take him to dinner and he never answered her. So she sounded unhappy about this. And, of course, that was an assumption on my part who knows if she did or did not assumption so let's say though her text sounded completely different than what she would normally send if she was happy or wasn't irritated but hey okay so again this isn't about blaming anybody else this is about me recognizing a deeper shitty ass belief that i have so uh what was it um so at the moment i felt okay she's not coming she's busy And even though her brother is someone she's super close to, like she sees her siblings as her closest friends. But I'm like, okay, she's not going to come. Fine. That's good. Whatever floats everybody's boat. So it was fine until the next morning when we decided we would do a barbecue and I had not heard from my other kid. And I thought, okay, you know, she's busy. Uh, Plus the other family members that were going to come. Well, there was some kind of miscommunication on their end, and then it resulted in them saying they weren't clear if they would even be able to make it, and then I found myself stressing, and I'm going, why am I stressing? At first, it was not clear, because at first, it was like, okay, everybody do whatever, you know? Then I realized I felt sad that my son might just be with me and my husband, and that was it. What was that, right? Oh, boy. Wow. And he never had expectations about it. He never said shit about it. He wasn't going, mom, you better have everybody over there. He said nothing. So I never said anything to my son about any of this beforehand. It was just an assumption I was having, right or wrong. It didn't matter. And this, of course, was the problem. What was my problem? Well, I had to confront this feeling, of course, that at the moment, this. but, but of course, it was at the moment, I was recognizing how I felt and I was recognizing what my belief was, but I wasn't ready to deal with it at the moment. I had to sit with this later. And be honest with myself about why I was getting stressed out. And it was my fear. And it was an irrational fear. I was afraid that he would be disappointed. And somehow he would never speak to me again. Or something out of reality. Because remember whenever you have a fear. It's never about oh realistically what's going to happen. It's like I'm going to dissolve into a million pieces. And I'm going to be little ashes floating in, you know, around the planet. I mean that's the kind of shit fear makes us feel. Right? Like we're going to lose something big time. And I, my son would never do that. But... This irrational fear was he's gonna be disappointed. He's never gonna to wanna to spend another birthday with me. He's just gonna be like, oh my God, it was just me and my stepdad and my mom. Wow, that's boring. Seriously. So I went into like this mode that came from this old belief of not feeling like a good enough parent when I was raising him. I never felt good about myself, like I said already earlier. I could be perfect in the sense of checking all the boxes, but my deep seated beliefs about myself of not being good enough were sucking me in momentarily. And I'm like, wow, I thought I dealt with this shit. And I have to a large degree. I really have. But there are times where something else will get triggered. And I'm like, oh, more work to do. Because here's the thing. I have worked on this now. And it is gone, like gone. It is not coming back. It is not something I will deal with again. Does that mean I won't get triggered about my kids in some way? Oh, absolutely. But then that's just something else for me to work through and have disappear. So, My son has been disappointed many times, and I don't know my whole fear about him being disappointed and allowing him to be disappointed. If he was going to be disappointed, just I couldn't handle that on this day. But I had to recognize it and where it came from, and it was a bummer. So as far as my one daughter who said she couldn't come and I thought she was angry, I asked her what she was doing that day. And then I basically shared my feelings about the day because at this point I'm thinking it's just going to be the three of us. And I didn't say to her she was doing something wrong or that she was bad. I just said how I felt. And it was taken as though I was trying to manipulate her. She got mad at me and accused me of manipulating her. She didn't tell me that at the time. She told me that later. Because she and her guy dropped their plans without saying anything to me or to my son and just showed up at our house. Okay, which is a drive it's like 45 minutes without traffic and like an hour without traffic or an hour with traffic so of course she was barely speaking to me the whole time she was here and I know here's the thing I was not trying to get her to come because it's never a good thing when you manipulate somebody to come because they're not happy and they're mad at you and I don't I did not want that but what I said triggered her so that's what she did so it wasn't my intention but to be clear about that day This is how I felt. I'm just trying to be super clear about what my deal was. And I said something along the lines to her, I guess that triggered her, that family was important to me because I was upset that it seemed no one was coming. And it's true. That's how I felt. Family is number one in my life. But again, this wasn't coming from that place. And I could have lied to myself and been, oh, family is important. And this is okay that I'm feeling this way and blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, I had been coming from this negative belief about trying so hard and I realized I was trying hard to make things great and I thought what am I doing and I caught myself and some of my behavior I stopped and during that day I actually was very open and admitting certain things not everything but it was it was really fascinating because I recognized I still had this fear of my son being disappointed that I was just disappointed that I wasn't enough in some way I just wasn't enough And that was it. And that really just triggered the whole thing. So that was sad. And I know there were things in the background, like I didn't get to spend Thanksgiving with my kids this time. This is the first time uh, pretty much ever that I haven't spent at least part of the day with them on Thanksgiving. And uh, we were out of town. But we had done a Thanksgiving the weekend before with everybody, with all our kids, which was just a blast. But anyways, I felt disconnected. And I had to really sit with what was this lack of value inside of me? Right? Holy shit. So the happy ending was I took full responsibility for myself, my daughter. On the other hand, I have no idea. She and I started a text conversation that I said was not the place to communicate. It was going sideways and there was a lot of assuming on her part. So I asked myself, what would be hard to do instead of making her wrong or making me the mom? I just said, okay, I'm taking full responsibility. And that was the truth. Like I just said, you know what, Tracy? You had this belief that was driving your behavior. So you got to take full responsibility for that. So I had to look at knowing I would never do this again. I feel it because I recognized it was an old fear and it went to the old belief. I honored it. I shared it with my husband and noticed how that day was filled with other moments, by the way, of being triggered in other situations. And I didn't go to the same place. Like I really fucking grew a lot. (laughs) Like that week was like, woohoo, you got some shit coming up and boy, oh boy, you are dealing with it, girl. Good call to action. Trying too hard leaves you sad, frustrated, and avoiding the real issue. You let go and allow life to do what it does. You'll feel better. Why is this important? If you don't recognize how hard you work and what a dick you are to yourself because of your perceived lack of value, you're missing out on well-being of actually feeling good. I know what you're thinking, but if I don't go the extra mile for others, no one's going to do anything for me. They might even think I'm an asshole. Well, those who love you will actually keep loving you. They may have a moment or be disappointed, but they will still love you and they will still care about you. I promise you. Okay, I got some tips. How many tips do I have? I have three tips for you, okay? You guys ready? Number one, notice how you feel a sense of, I have to do this. What is that related to? How someone else will feel or how someone will see you? If it has to do with another person, you wanna be aware. If not, why is it? Besides earning a living, you must do this thing, right? Like you have to do this thing. What do you feel like you're compelled to do? Because you're looking at this from a perspective of, I have to do this. And so you got to ask yourself, why? Where is that coming from? Um, Most of us don't look at ourselves and see our motivation, right? Right? So listen for that in your head. I have to do this. Well, what is it related to? Again, two, you want to see what the driver is for what you do and say, who is it that you treat so poorly? You as a kid or you as an adult, you who has not done whatever you think is necessary to please others to be accepted. Where do you feel you let someone else down to the degree that you feel you have to do something perfectly or pleasingly to make up for it? Three, can you stop and just be? Can you be with all the funky feelings and allow the situation to unfold without you feeling you have to do anything? Seriously, can you do that? You know, I'm giving you guys these tips and this is hard work. It's not easy. Call to action again. Okay. Trying too hard leaves you sad, frustrated, and avoiding the real issue. You. Let go and allow life to do what it does. You'll feel better. You have a universal right. You have the right to beat the shit out of yourself when a hair is out of place or something else about you is something you struggle with or... You can say fuck it and be you. Two related podcasts. Number 316, I'm not okay unless you think I'm okay. And number 354, The Struggle is Real. Yes, and if you heard my podcast on Christmas Eve, I am offering a discount on the Insecure Attachment Cleanse. So please email tracy at tracycrossley.com to get a discount. It's sort of my holiday present to you. And if you have any questions, you can go ahead and email podcast at tracycrossley.com and i will answer it on facebook live which is every thursday at 9 a.m pacific standard time noon eastern time and if you have any topics that you want to suggest please go ahead and suggest them but if you're looking for that way of getting out of insecure attachment again my insecure attachment cleanse if you've already taken the 30-day cleanse then this isn't for you. You've already done it. And I am looking at that and going, you know what, it's one of the greatest steps, I think, in getting closer to conquering your insecure attachment. I know some people get through that program and they feel like they are great. They are done. Other people, it's like they do it. It's a stepping stone to really resolving their insecure attachment issues. It really just depends, I think, on how each person approaches it and their openness, obviously, to doing work on themselves. Sometimes we want an easy solution. And with Insecure Attachment, I don't think there is an easy solution. I never found one. But there are definitely tools that can help you to manage it and then get rid of it all All right, you guys, take care. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check.